Going live! All right, we are live. Um, and let's see if we get the notification. Um, so for those here, hopefully people can be joining us. We're trying to find out how we get this to work. This is the first time for those that are watching this um, that we're actually doing a LinkedIn Live through a LinkedIn event. Um, and trying to see if I can get the supposed to work. And I'm not seeing it. Do you see it in your notification, Shiri? No. No. Okay. Isn't that fun? So let me go to the event. Um, let's ask Ayala. I wonder maybe because we're an organizer. Yes, I do see a notification. We'll be, yeah. Um, Wadi, Wadi oh, I just got it. Great. Yeah. Okay. I got it. And so now anyone who's coming in, we got four people. Uh, Thank you, people who are joining in. I We got the link. We'll be starting shortly. Um, we just want people to know if you have any, if we have any questions uh, whatsoever, um, feel free to ask them in the comments. We will be bringing your questions up. If you have any questions that you want to keep, um, that you want to keep discreetly, that you want to be anonymous on, because maybe it's personal or about your workplace or anything, if you send me or Shiri a LinkedIn message, um, we will address it and we'll make sure, you know, right, anonymous, you know what I mean? And we promise not to disclose any information. Um, anyway, so I think soon we'll get, let's get started and let's start to introduce the Shiri, shall we? So uh, Shiri, thank you so much for joining us. This is like a long time in the making. I'm gonna give a little background on a little bit what the hell's going on for those that don't know. Um, so LinkedIn Live is, uh, is a feature that I've had personally for my profile for over a year and a half. And uh, Wadi Digital's had it now for a few months. There, uh, we did get access. Uh, hi, mom. Hi, Aviva. Hi, mom. You gotta say hi to your mom. Your mom's here. Hi, mom. Adorable. Um, and uh, so we finally got access to, uh, and then we got access to the events. We were one of the few companies in Israel to get uh, LinkedIn events before everyone else, before the live. And uh, that was before the pandemic. That was like in January. And then the pandemic happened, so they rolled it out to everybody because everyone needs virtual events. Um, but we do have exclusive other companies throughout the world that they've LinkedIn live for LinkedIn events. It is an alpha and beta. We're happy to find out that it worked out technically. Uh, Shiri, Kano, and Adva, and other people at LinkedIn will tell you how stressed I was about this not working out technically. It actually took like eight minutes to set up before you got on. You you got to miss me panic while I yell at try to chill me out. But we're here, we're live, and we're going to have fun, and we're going to talk about a topic that's sometimes tough to address. But before we go into talking about men and women in the workforce and how you most importantly, I want to invite my guest, uh, Shiri Grossberg. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I think you can do yourself better justice than I can do. Okay, so hi, thank you. And thank you for inviting me to do this. Um, my name is Shiri Grossberg. I serve as a director of innovation and people experience at AppSlyer. And I'm also one of the co-founders of GCMO, which is um, the forum, the community for uh, global uh, chief marketing officers uh, here in Israel. Um, I also started my own company called Join Digital Talent Agency, which is a recruiting company for marketing in the digital uh, arena. And I'm very passionate about things that have to do with uh, women in the workforce. Um, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you all, but when he first came up to me and he says, wow, I read this amazing book. It was like, it really was in well, my I, like opener. It opened my eyes. I know. And I know it was old. 
Okay, and he says, this is mind-blowing. And then he says, lean in, which is, by the way, an amazing book. I totally agree, but very 2013. 14. Uh, 14, no, 13 actually was the first edition. But um, yeah, so for me, the concepts are, yeah, still valid, but a bit old. And I actually am happy that we've actually moved a bit further even and, and, and right. farther. Um, but I will say this, I've been giving a lot of uh, women lectures in the past, uh, I don't know, seven, 10 years, and I've only designated it to women. And then by actually an accident, I came in to uh, give a presentation at uh, SimilarWeb. I do that every once in a while in uh, high tech companies. And it wasn't just women, it was women and men. And it was kind of a shock, which was a good thing because then I didn't get to like prepare and I just gave my usual talk. But what I realized is that the concept that were very clear to women, uh, the other men in the room were actually, they were fascinated, which is great at, at first, but they were really curious and they didn't really understand everything. Um, and this is kind of where this meets me because I don't think this is like a woman or, you know, men thing. Okay. Uh, the, the, the request uh, for equality and justice is something that is, uh, you know, it's not a gender thing. We all should uh, aspire to be living in a more equal society. But the concepts themselves, I have to say, I'm really happy that you read the book, Yoel. Uh, I wish more. Uh, Did I tell you how I read it? Did I tell you what happened? How I read, got, no. read it? I was, I was in Philly um, visiting family. My wife's best friend was getting married. So we went over there for a wedding. And I landed on a Friday and I was surprising my wife. She didn't know I was coming. Um, so I did Shabbat with my brother and sister-in-law. Um, and I was jet lag and I'm Shomer Shabbat. So I wasn't going to waste it, be on my phone. So I was, which was actually one of my favorite things to do is go through other people's bookshelves and read books that I would never stumble upon. And I was like, all right, I've been hearing about this thing forever. And I literally just, uh, and I opened up to a random chapter or I went, went to the table of contents. I found a chapter. I don't remember what, which one it was. So it was the title interested. I thought, huh, that's interesting. And I just started reading and I just thought, okay, she started making me think differently. And when someone bring, I got, once I started to think differently, it's my favorite, my favorite thing of everything really is I love discussing ideas. I love when I start to think, I like when I get to challenge these things. One of my favorite things actually about this pandemic is a lot of my opinions and a lot of things have radically changed. Um, and uh, I'm not talking about the workforce. I'm talking about- In general. Other in general, right? Life for international trade even, right? But um, so I had that opportunity and that could give me like a high. It didn't help my jet lag because I was up all night reading. Uh, but that's basically how I came about. I heard of the book. Uh, always i've heard about it i understood the concept and i've seen a couple of her lectures years ago but uh it kind of started there and ended there um and so once it started to think differently i thought this was a great opportunity for me to have this conversation um so and that's where kind of you came in and then i messaged to frosty she knew anyone and she connected us so uh okay. maybe we can uh, yeah, so uh, I would like to jump right into maybe just what you believe are probably the most misconceptions um, you think um, in general that women have about men in the workforce and men have about women in the workforce. Um, of course, I'll add to these things. I probably have a different perspective from than you. Um, and uh, so I think we can start there. And uh, so what do you think are some misconceptions, uh, let's say men have about women and vice versa? I don't think it's necessarily misconceptions between men and women. I would actually like to start a bit higher and then we'll go down to, to that. What I, I think that the misconception, the first one, is to actually think that because you, you're a woman and obviously we haven't had any luck uh, technology-wise to um, have the choice uh, between, you know, if you're in a heterosexual uh, relationship, it's not like you can say, okay, you know what? 
I did the first one, why did you take the second pregnancy? And you know, we'll see who does it better and then maybe I'll take the third. This has not been invented. So there is kind of a built-in uh, challenge to the fact that you know, if we do want you know, humanity to keep on growing but still keep our job every once in a while, if we wanna have a kid, you know, this is what, you know, life throws at us. Um, but I'll go back to what I wanted to say. A lot of the times, uh, often uh, women who were with family, women who had uh, children, um, they kind of expect the workforce to change for them because, you know, now I'm a mother, I have to go out and pick my kids. But if we look at it, you know, and put all emotions aside, this is a business, okay? The business is not supposed to say, okay, this lady has a baby and this lady doesn't, so why don't she has to work harder or more hours or she gets to go home early. I think that's an unfair um, request to, you know, to kind of negotiate with your workplace, but wait for it, okay? It is a very valid point, okay, that now that I have a, a baby that you know, I have less time and I have more commitment. My only problem is that this valid point should not be taken with your, um, you know, manager, boss, working place. I think there's like a more closer place where we can start this discussion. Do you want to maybe take an educated? Yeah, sure. But would you? But uh, no, I would like you to lead it. But I would like to okay. add an example from a man's perspective. I I interviewed a um, a man who's a divorced father. And he said every, I don't remember, whatever, say Monday and Thursday, he'd have to leave at 3.30. He said, you know, uh, is that a problem? I'd come in early. I could stay later the other days. Obviously, you try to make it work or ever So, when he, so um, obviously, these family challenges aren't, um, aren't for women only. Um, I'm really happy kind of for this example because it's funny how um, this is met on the other side. Because when you meet with, I don't know, HR or whoever the person that you're um, meeting with about um you know, to, to finalize when or the hours of work. If you're a father saying, I'm a divorced father and twice a week I have to take my children, that's like, oh, that's so nice. What a devoted father. But for mothers, it's harder to say, listen, I'm a mother. I need to take off two times a week. It's like, it's met different on the other side, you know, for, for you men, it's like- men and Is it, if the other side is, man, if the other side of that on the receiving end, let's say the management side, for lack of a better word, do you think that's received- uh, differently for whether it's a man or woman, stereotypically speaking? No, I think it's the same. It's usually women because, uh, you know, in HR, um, it's a, it's kind of a, a line of work where I feel where uh, I think 90% of women, uh, but I do think that they're more inclined and, you know, in favor and uh, empathetic towards that great devoted father who takes his children twice a week as opposed to the mom. But I, I wanna just like close on the last point. I think this discussion should be taken first of all with your spouse and preferably uh, not after to the, the fact, okay? But way, way before, even at the stage when you know you're a young couple, you don't have kids anymore, really need to discuss what it's going to be, you know, what it's going to be like. And when I say this discussion, then, I'm not talking about like a hypothetical 20,000 feet up in the air kind of discussion. Because if you say to your you know, loved one, oh, babe, how do you feel about me having a career? So babe is gonna say, yeah, hell, of course, have a career. But what does that actually mean? Okay, and when you go down to this, and I'm sorry for being petty, but you know, when you go down to this and say, okay, how do you see us doing that? Because you, you, are, you have your career and I have my career and we wanna have kids. How do we want to do this? And when you start thinking about it and say, okay, maybe I take it, you know, I'll take twice a week. I'll, I'll go leave earlier and you'll take twice a week. And then I don't know, lucky grandparent, aunt or babysitter will take them once a week. You know that 
just like this simple thing that I just said, you know, this will eliminate a huge, huge, uh, big deal in the workforce. Because if men and women would just say, you know, twice a week I'm leaving, we're done with that whole, I have to take right. my kid four times a week. Usually it's, you know, oh, my husband, he's so helpful. He comes home uh, once a week, he takes the kids. But, you know, he helps you. This is your responsibility. And, you know, either you have a helping one or you don't have a helping one. I think this whole discussion is wrong from, from the beginning. This is not me having a kid with someone who's helping me. This is us doing it together. And co-parenting means that it's not my responsibility and I'm hiring you for the job on Wednesdays, okay? Just like any other company, we're sitting in the middle of the, in the mm -hmm. beginning of the week and we're deciding, you know, what days I'm taking, what days you're taking. I think that if the discussion starts at the home, um, the, you know, the, the whole working force will change accordingly. You know, like all revolution needs to start top bottom. So that was kind of my point. I don't know where... It meets you, but but I think this is a discussion that um, it's not that it shouldn't be taken with the workplace, but it should definitely be at, at your home first. And um, right. okay, so that would right. be like so, my first thing. Uh, so by the way, I, I agree. I try to make a, a comment for people. Like we're, I'm only seeing a couple of the com some comments I'm seeing here in StreamYard. I just want people to know the technical issues. And I told LinkedIn, I promised them this feedback. This was part of the alpha that they wanted the live feedback. Um, and other issues that we're getting some comments on actually on the live stream. So I might not be able to pull them up on screen, but I will uh, when they come up. And Odididlan says hi to you. Um, we got hi from Omri and Joseph and we have people from the UK. Um, so yeah, um, if I missed your comment, I'm sorry. If you want to send it to me privately on LinkedIn Messenger, I promise that I'll pull it up and I'll read it. Um, so uh, someone, I forgot where her name was, she left a comment in the event. Um, and she said, shouldn't the title of your event be more about like, we didn't use the word like diversity or equality in the event. Um, and I am, and because uh, my opinion, um, those that know me, I'm a very big uh, individualist um, in general. And I think what happens was when we, in, in, as a society or people as a group, when we make it into more of a collective responsibility, no one takes responsibility in a sense, right? Like nothing ever happens positive. It's all talk. I think what we need to do is first, kind of exactly what you were saying, um, as individuals, as families, as couples and you're married to discuss these things and we have responsibility to our spouses and if you're in the workforce and you have co-workers um, that might have these challenges it's important that you as an individual have that responsibility and you bring them up uh, bring that up um, do, do you think that uh, people aren't taking enough individual responsibility and to try to make it work for families I think, uh, and this is, I know um, this, is, this will be hard to hear even for the women, uh, more likely for the women, but I think women are not taking that responsibility. Um, um, by, because you basically said, okay, I had a kid, it's mine, you know, but you kind of forget that you had it with someone. This is not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. I, I can't stand the fact to, to hear about these women who says, oh, my husband's so helpful. Mm -hmm. You know, this like helpful in what? In raising his own kids? Wow. What an amazing achievement. Mm -hmm. It's it's like, look, we when we first thought about the title, I like the way, uh, the fact that we said that um, we want to elevate and how men can help women elevate in the workplace. So I want to say a few things to that, okay? So most of the people that I talk to are people like you and me. I don't think that they're chauvinist uh, men or anything. And here's the other thing. They'll all tell you, oh, but I have a daughter and, and you know, I want her to, to, to 
be brought up in a better world. And, you know, I have a wife and she's amazing. She's a manager and she does all of that. But when it comes down to you need to hire a young lady or a young man. And a lot of the times, and again, I had my own recruiting company for eight years. So these are discussions that I, I really, I've heard them uh, live. And, and the dude at some point will say, okay, but she's very young. You know, she's just got engaged. Do we want to invest in that? She's going to get pregnant soon. And this is something that a man, and I'll say that a man that says about himself that no, in no way, he does not discriminate uh, women. But then when it actually gets to the point where, you know, even where we had a few cases where uh, a woman was uh, interviewed and then in the middle, you know, long time, sometimes these cases take a, a long time till you actually hire and then she got pregnant. Um, during that time, or she just said that she got pregnant. And I would say about 70% of the cases they did not hire that woman. So what I'm saying is, to, you know, I, I see all these men and they're, yeah, they're very prone and yeah, women can do everything and my daughter can do everything. But when it comes down to the, you know, to the crunching point and it's you on the other side, they don't act on it. So I call them like a sado feminism, you know, because they're there. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they walk the walk, but they don't talk the talk. Oh, because they walk the walk, but don't talk the talk. Yeah. So let's say, you and I discussed this hypothetical privately. Um, so let's say you're now if you're if let's say you have a very very small team and you want to start offering let's say uh, expand into a new service and you need someone that has to be on for the next two years, someone that's going to build and lead a team. Basically, this person can't be replaced on maternity leave. Is it is it wrong that one would let's say try to discriminate against someone that they think is might get pregnant in the next six months or year is it, it because it is human nature because you want someone to build the team if it's you have a large company you can have the backups and things and you can make it work but um do you, is, is that is that is it wrong to discriminate if you could to if you want to get be competitive and you're worried about it this is something i know that many men talk about privately I think it's the actual determination of dis uh, the discrimination. You basically said, mm -hmm. you know, I want someone who can give me at least two years. If this woman gets pregnant, I won't get. Right, right, right. For the sake of arguments, this woman gets pregnant, I won't get what I want. So you know what? Let's not interview any women for this position. Oh, no, I, wouldn't, I didn't say that. I would no, say but that, let's say but one that you think let's just married a year ago and doesn't have any kids, and you're like, I don't know. So maybe I'll find someone who's single. Maybe I'll find someone who's maybe post. We believe it has not hypothetically. I'm just saying the that these things the come up. So, but that that's the thing. You're I understand that. That's why I there's always that risk that this woman is going to get pregnant on me. Why don't I just you know? not take it, not go ahead and get into it in the first place. Correct. Correct. What I'm telling, what I'm saying is that these are conversations sometimes men have if they want to make a new department where there are no replacements. There isn't a junior or someone working under him or her. They want to bring in the leader and they know that this is going to take an insane amount of work and attention and there's no backup. Let's to to swap the individual so this you know what i mean so the this it's a legit concern i've had i know other men have discussed okay. i agree that it, it is a legit how, how, would, how can we address this without discriminating is my question well like i said when you address this it is discriminating when when you say i want someone who can guarantee that they want and just by the way there is no guarantee about anything maybe this woman won't get pregnant but this dude We'll have something else, I don't know, 
happened to him or whatever. But uh, here's also something that, and I think Cheryl Sumber also wrote this about in her book, because it says something like, don't leave before you leave. I think that a lot of like the collateral damage around this pregnancy issue and, and having kids also has to do with us women. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, you're pregnant, you're not sick. Uh, you know, yeah, you're, you're actually really healthy right now. You actually got pregnant, which is uh, amazing. And don't leave before you leave. I mean, you can, I say, I said this often to women before they go on maternity leave. I said, do everything that you can so they miss you so badly when you're not there, you know? <laughs> Um, and also, and this is just me, Shiri, just another. Uh, know, by the way, that, that, that's uh, a really great point. Um, and this, this, not related to the workforce, but uh, in college, I got like a girl who's going to graduate soon and it totally like, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can, when you know you're like, you're leaving something in life, it's so easy to mentally check out. It's a human nature exactly. thing. And so you have to put in the double the work. Sometimes like if like you're going to go away for a few weeks, it's like normal to sometimes have a fight with a loved one to make it easier. There's some human nature things that are involved here and we ha yeah. it's, it's difficult. You have to know that like human nature is going to make me want to a little bit check out or become a little bit more distant. And we actually have to, like you said, you have to double down and do it. We got a great uh, comment here from Tova Davis. It says yes to co-parenting and yes to both partners having a fulfilling career. Leaving work to pick up kids as a man or woman should be a non-issue. Um, do you think should it should it be a non-issue or are there, are there ever exceptions to that do you think? I totally agree. I think it's a non-issue because at the end of the day, and you know, if Corona, and I'm, I'm sick of saying this, I, I always talk about what a great thing Corona has brought us, has brought us, you know, because I talk about it a lot, but it's not how many hours you put in the workplace. It's not if you left at three, four, five, or eight, it's what you do. And I will tell you this, um, you know, if you have to leave, then, you know, you have to drop your, ten at, at, uh, your pen at four because you need to take your kid, that's fine. They'll go to sleep at some point, the kid will go to sleep at some point and we'll finish what we have to do. That's taking the responsibility and it also has to do with the pregnancy. And I'll, I'll give you my own, I'll share something of, of uh, my personal story. Um, this wasn't a uh, join. I had a, a previous uh, startup, which was a um, lead generation for higher education. Uh, we opened it in 2004. Uh, and I had my first kid in 2005 and we were only three people, you know, this was a startup. So again, this is not something that all women should or want to do or can do, uh, but I did not take a maternity leave. Um, we decided this was before uh, they had paternity uh, leave. Uh, yeah, I'm that old. My kid is 15 now. Um, and we decided that my husband is going to stay. And uh, I came back in three weeks because this was a startup. And we were three, like two and a half people. It was me and the other uh, co-founder and, you know, one worker that we kind of got to, to, to help us. So, you know, women also have the choice to do things differently. The choice that we don't have is if we want to have a family, we don't have the choice to put it on someone else. We have to do it. So I'm kind of saying this in the don't leave before you leave that also a lot of, you know, the um, kind of the conceptions that men have around pregnancies. Oh, now I'm going to, you know, not going to see this person in, for a whole year. It really is an individual thing. You know, if, if you're. It, it, is, it really is an individual thing. Everyone really, everyone has different personalities and different goals and your spouse can have different you know, I mean, how you relate, everyone's relationships different and right. Correct. I know some people that do sales may travel. And so like, it's very difficult when you don't, when you have a husband who might, who, who's there two out of three months, right? Two months he's home, one month he's on the road. 
everyone's different and, and you're right and uh, we should be more accommodating uh, to someone else that said I think a potential upcoming maternity leave is short-sighted think about someone's ROI for the company over the next five to ten years I agree with that uh, I think one of the challenges exactly. is that is people like just a side comment not related to, to gender and workforce people don't stay for five to ten years anymore do they uh, it depends on the company. If you work, no. If you work, if you work in a bank, you, you're uh, likely to stay uh, five to ten years right. or in the But yeah, the uh, actually the average keeps going down. It's a uh, it's a year and eight months uh, for you know the millennial side. It's about two years mm -hmm. if you wanna if you wanna have a good uh, record on your resume. So about two years. But my mom has a comment, and we can't ignore my mom, right? Yes, uh, I know. Can says, uh, hers I can bring up for some reason. Um, Ayala is sending me screenshots on that WhatsApp web, and I'm and I'm reading them off. So feel free to leave your comments, and I'll make sure to pull them up. Anyway, so, uh, so yeah, Aviva's calling mom. you out. Mom, yeah, says, si si single mom. You should totally touch that because that. That's that's very serious. So uh, that kind of goes to I told you that divorced father I was interviewing. So I mean, how do you deal with that? Or in a sense, if like I said, if uh, your spouse travels for work and let's say they're not home for three weeks, in a sense you're a single parent for those few weeks, right? So uh, what are your thoughts there? So again, and this might not be a popular uh, thought, but my thought is that you need to figure out your. Can we swear on LinkedIn? Like, shit, is that okay? Yes, or yes. No? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah I, I actually have a whole <laughs> opinion on this, but I'm going to say okay. the time. So you I can't think... in video, not in text. That's my opinion. Okay. <laughs> but so that's your opinion. I... Okay, so I think you need to get your shit together before that. You don't, again, like I said, it's not up to the workplace to say, oh, you're a single mom or oh, you're a single dad. So ta -ta 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 -ta. it's up to you to take a job that allows you the freedom to do, you know, whatever it is you want right. to do personally and professionally. That's A. But B, and I said it before, uh, the working place will be more empathetic towards that uh, dude that's singly, single you know, a single parent who's a dad and a single parent who's a mom, that's, we're kind of used to that one. And that's where I do say to society, but I take it up on, on, on women, you know, it's it's kind of our bad job in taking everything on us and, and being okay with it. Um, one of the things that I also uh, kind of, it hit me that I need to speak to women, not, you know, women my age or, you know, the, even millennials who are like in their thirties, I, I need to talk to them when they're 15 and 14 right. and started well, implanting they, these ideas. But people don't yeah. plan their, I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience, uh, plan their careers. Men or women, I feel like, I mean, I'm 34 and I've been in like six industries. I've been in finance, real estate, tourism, I sold insurance, I'm in marketing, I'm tech, and I was starting like, you know what I mean? Like, and now in the information age, it's, you know, you really, it's hard to plan these things. Life kind of catches you fast. You know, you're never really, you're never prepared for marriage. You're never prepared for children. And I feel like you're never really prepared for a career, no? I don't talk to them about career. I talk to them about freedom of choice and how to get to your freedom of choice. And by there the way, know. every time I stick about freedom of choice, I'm basically saying feminism and you know, quoting ideas from feminism. People have a really hard time with the word feminism. So I just call it freedom of choice. But what I'm basically trying to say is don't go through the motions. You know, don't go study, I don't know, whatever, because that's what your mom thinks is best or that's what, you know, you're used to do. And then you see the example of what it was like in your house. So of course, you feel that the children are your responsibility and maybe you marry that 
helpful husband or whatever. And I think these are kind of the, the paradigm shift that we need to do. And it's not just career related, it's life related. And when I talk about how men can help us, uh, I think there are three I'll talk about one main subject. It also has to do with Cheryl, so I'll give her as an example. But one of the um, main things that are a real obstacle for women and women really struggle with is negotiations. Okay, uh, if you don't agree with me, there are like so many books written about this. Uh, why, there's a uh, lot of studies, and if you don't want to read a book, yeah. you can Google. You, you can know, Google there's a whole one. Why women don't negotiate? It's actually a title. Okay, it's a whole book. Uh, Sarah Bob Babcock and Linda. Uh, I'll get her name, um, wrote a whole book about it. But here's the thing, it really is hard for women to do negotiations. And uh, here's an interesting fact, in 2015, they had a really large study in one of the universities and uh, they had women negotiate and men negotiate. And of course the, the men did a lot better, except in one area, when they changed one parameter of the, uh, of the uh, experiment, the whole thing changed. And then the women scored much higher, but higher than the men scored before. Do you want to take a guess at what they changed in this experiment that made the women so much more successful in their negotiations? Okay, I don't know if you're frozen uh, because you're not one to not talk. higher? No, so it's actually- uh, Sorry, um, I'm not one to not talk, but I am one to think. Yeah, yeah, go, totally. Go ahead. My train of thought, okay. What's the reason? But uh, no, they had the women negotiate not for themselves, but for someone else. And then God. the women did extremely uh, better. Ah, you see, because when you go out and you fight for your kids, do you, do you, do you know like twenty something? things? Twenty things just went through my mind about like. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Like twenty examples So here's the thing. Women no, you totally threw me off. It's so wise. Okay, women do find it hard to negotiate for themselves. A, because we want to be liked and we, you know, we feel that during negotiations, you need to put hard things out there and maybe, you know, it will jeopardize my relationship with that person. Men don't think that way usually. They'll say, okay, I have to negotiate now. I have, you know, a meaning. And I'll tell you a quick story. And we said leaning. So this is a Sheryl Sandberg story. And I really like it. When uh, Sheryl Sandberg first got her contract from uh, Facebook, from uh, Marky, so she, she came back home. I think her husband was still alive and she met with her husband and her brother. And she said, listen, I got this really great, you know, um, contract from Facebook. And of course, I'm going to take it. Lots of money, whatever. And they both said, nope, don't take it. So why? So we you need to negotiate it. So, but it's a really good contract. They basically gave me everything I needed. So, so what? And this is like a built, you know, it, it's, it's a change in how we, we view things, okay? Um, I think I gave you the example of that hospital in, uh, in Iwars, like that they interviewed, uh, I think it was 1,300 nurses, and they gave a pretty good package, but out of three, uh, 1,300 nurses, only one, only one asked to take the contract home and, and read about it. And actually, the, you know, uh, Lee Thompson, who was helping on, on this uh, hospital, she's a world-announced uh, uh, negotiator, uh, she was so excited that, you know, one woman finally out of 1,300 asked to take the contract home and read it. And she said, okay, this is a really good uh, offer. Why aren't you taking it? And she said, oh, no, I, I'm not even getting into it. My husband said, no matter what the offer is, take it home and think about it. You know, so this is a nurse in Iowa, okay, but this is also Cheryl Sandberg. So this is something really rooted, you know, inside us. We, we really... Often uh, people ask me about tips for negotiations, but it, it makes me laugh because if you're a woman, you're, you'll probably not even get into the negotiation room. You're, people like women are literally not negotiating. Um, part of the reason there's a gap in salary, and this is really, you know, 
annoying is because women ask for less. And if you ask for less, I've, you know, from my experience, it's very rare that you would ask for something that people say, oh, no, you know what, you're worth more. But women uh, ask about 30% less uh, than men on their third job, which is also annoying because it's your third job. You already, you know, you've been around these are women who have been right. in five years. Exactly. So this is one thing that, um, so when we talk about how men can elevate women in the workplace, so first of all, I think awareness is the first step. When you know that, you know, actually as a woman, like as a building, you're having a hard time with negotiating. Um, well, of course, it's us women to develop this muscle and, you know, keep trying and it won't work for the first time, but you did it. And then two, three times, four, you'll get it. Uh, but men can help us with it just by being aware that this is very hard for us. Okay, and when we have to negotiate for one of our employees, you know, and have them get a raise or something, we're amazing. That's funny. You, you, know, you don't know how much wisdom you smacked out. Uh, so we'll, we'll, let's talk a few solutions, if we can. Okay. Are you okay with that? Like what yeah, we can do. Sure. So just yeah. shooting here from the top of my head. Uh, maybe kind of like this one woman that took the negotiate the to take that took uh, took it home because her husband said, no matter what, take it home. I think any woman and any man in general is a good idea is you should sleep on it and take it home and at least negotiate and come back and ask for more, whether it's maybe a couple more vacation days or more, maybe some flexibility or a partner or income or whatever it is, is definitely stop taking sleep on it. I think another thing maybe you can do is ask a friend, get a second opinion. Um, you know what I mean? I think that's in, and including a, a coworker. Um, and also men should probably kind of like this one man did said, no matter what, and women also should say to their husbands, no matter what, when you get an offer, just take it home so you can think about it and come back with an idea of how to negotiate. Right. I mean, that's I have another good one for you. I have another yeah, good yeah, one the for you. And there's a employer side too. Yeah, but go ahead. When women are asked, how much do you want to make? What's your salary expectation? They'll usually say a range. Okay, I want to make between, I don't know, 12 to 15, 20 to 25. Now, I've uh, known very, very few, actually, in eight years, I think I only had one case of a company that said, oh, no, that's, we're going to give you the higher one because, you know, you didn't ask for the right uh, amount. But don't speak in ranges. And again, women do that because they feel uncomfortable. When you walk into the room and you don't feel that you deserve it, you feel like this other person is doing you a favor just by interviewing you. How do you think, you know, this doesn't, you know, come by in the conversation? If you don't feel you're worth it, no one else is going to give it to you. And when you talk in margins, you're going to get the lower margin. You know what? Because it's just good business. If I know I can have you for 15, I will not give you 20. Correct. It's just good business. This <laughs> yeah. is just good business. So don't talk margins. Right. Don't be afraid to negotiate. And here's the third thing. This is like a thumb rule. Okay. So if you don't know what you want to, you know, what you want to say for this, I say, say something about 30% higher than what you actually want. So that will give you room to negotiate. Again, that means that you have to negotiate. Negotiate means you have to talk about money. Again, an issue. You have to talk about how much you're worth, why you're worth that money, why it's a good investment for a company. Very few women can can speak about it and, and really feel like, yeah, you know, I own this. Look, you can't give me 15. I, I'm, I earn 20 because I'm bringing this and this and that into it's hard for us it's hard for us to say how wonderful we are at the workplace and again it also comes with the fact that when we walk into the room we already feel a lot of the times like you know oh thank you for just giving me the opportunity and you know and 
even though I'm a woman and I'm young and I might get, you know, knocked up soon, you're still considering me for the position. And when you go in from that inferior, you know, kind of point of thinking, it's kind of doomed. Yeah. Uh, your your yeah. friend, I presume, uh, Etty Gazit over at, uh, she does a HR at AppSlide, she says she agrees with you and you're an inspiration. Ooh, ooh. Oh, thank you. Brush that off right there. Uh, what's yeah. up, Etty? Um, great. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. Now, let's say from the employer perspective, what do you, so mm -hmm. we, so just a quick recap about individuals and spouses. I think we covered some really good ground and we actually discussed solutions that we can take on as individuals and as families is one, um, don't give a range, give a number. If you're not sure, screw it, ask for 30% more. You will always be, the negotiating is going to happen whether you want it or not. So you, can, you negotiate more on your terms, so you're more likely to end up at a number or whatever you're negotiating exactly. at, you know, at, at something that's more towards what you want. You don't feel like you got the bottom end, the short end of the stick. Um, it's your responsibility to negotiate. Also, you have a responsibility to help your friends, your spouses to help them negotiate. And no matter what, make a promise to yourself when you get an offer before you go in so you don't get excited or worried or nervous is that I'm going to take it home and I'll get back to you tomorrow. Is I think just a rule for all men and women for negotiating so you can move yourself forward. It's, uh, all, you know, thinking of things, sleeping things over is a healthy thing to do anyway because sometimes we're easily excited in conversations and things in person then you kind of, uh, exactly. you got to step back. Exactly. This is for men and women. Um, Let's talk for the Also, another suggestion okay. for, for, for that one is uh, just because we know for a fact that women negotiate better when you think you're doing it for someone else. And I know this is kind of like people are going to say, uh, but think about it. Just really convince yourself that you're not doing this for yourself. Think about it. You're going to negotiate for your spouse, for your mother, for, for your, your family, kid, for your for kids, your friend. for judo. Yeah. So just think about that. And then, you know, maybe it will also change perspective. But yeah, I want to kind of take us back to we said, how can men help us? No, right. So if you are your your manager yourself, obviously, you hire people for, for the job. And now that you know that, and you know that for a fact, you can take that in consideration. And again, I don't say go easier on or on the negotiate, but kind of confront and, and, you know, have them negotiate. Might not work for the first time, but you're actually doing them a favor when you say to them, you know what, go home, read the contract, give me your notes and come back. That right. would be helpful. Yeah. We also right, found right, right. that- you, you, might, you don't want to have them negotiate against you as an employer, but I think it is respectful. But, it is res but I think it is respectful. So they say, go home, think about it, and we'll discuss, we'll, well, let's discuss pricing next time. Like, I don't think exactly. you should, you know, as an employer, you don't have an obligation to go against your interest, but it is in your interest that, that the person that you work with, you don't want them to commit to something when they were, let's say, excited or in the room or the first time, or they were scared to negotiate, is send them home. So it comes from a good place, even if you're exactly. still going to, let's say, draw the line. Uh, you got, uh, if Frat says here, Shiri, amazing insights. It's hard for us oh. women to feel we're worth it. Any if comments on why? An amazing, yeah, Efrat is actually an amazing example for that because she she knows how to to negotiate, but you know she knows her worth, and this is something that she's also being really helpful for other women to you know to to get to that point where they walk into the room and they feel comfortable and confident in what they have to offer. Okay, mm -hmm. um, just kind of like a, a, another tip, and this is in the workplace, we work men and women together. So as men, if you know that and you're aware of that, you can support uh, a woman in the negotiation. Also, I actually think that we we have like inherent, like we have built in, we have some uh, some um, 
I don't want to relate to it as like women versus men, but I think women actually find it easier to share. And a negotiation, and sometimes this is like a misconception, is that like two people fighting. And if you can get that person from the other end of the table to literally kind of come and sit at your side of the table, instead of going saying, listen, I've been working here for a really long time and I really want to raise, which is so hard for you. Um, maybe kind of going in in a, in a different way, and I call it a sharing. Okay, like a sharing negotiation. It doesn't have a good uh, phrase to it in English. About okay, and what you actually want to do is you want to bring the other side into your challenge. Okay, and you want to kind of say, as a woman, you want to say, okay, I've only started. I've been here for a year. I love it. I have so many things, you know, going for me and so many challenges. But I want to kind of think of the next step. How, how do I get to be you? How do you, as my manager, can help me? get to the next step and now it's not a negotiation you actually you, you kind of recruited this your, your manager to help you come take it to the next step and i think if men again this is not necessarily a men or a women issue it's like more of a manager and an employee but but if you do encourage um women to negotiate and to go out for it and be specific okay these are the things that you need to do then it's also clear for us what we need to do in order to get ahead. There's a misconception around women that if you do your job really well, then you'll be noticed and you'll be promoted. That's not the way it works. Just let me tell you as an as, as a employer, you know, as, as a person who hired, to do the best job that you do, like the 100%, the greatest job that you can bring, this is what we're paying you for. To get right. ahead, you need to put in another 20%, which a lot of women have a hard time to do with the constraints that we Wait, have. How do you, with how do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Okay. How do you, is, is that your figure speech or you mean like literally like no. 20% more hour? How would you do? What do you mean by 20%? Again, time is not a, is a non-issue for me. It, it all goes to like responsibilities. Let's say that your responsibilities are just A, B, C, and D. If you want to get you know, better what you do, then first master A, B, C, and D. But then why don't you take something else? Why don't you take X, Y, Z, which is out of your responsibilities, but it's interesting to you and say, hey, I'm taking on this project or I'm doing this and that. That is the extra 20%. And that is actually the thing that will get you, you know, that step ahead. That's a career. What you're doing, you know, your nine to five, this is what, this is your job. You get paid for it. If you want to advance in the workplace and you want to look at it more as a career, you need to put in the extra 20%. And I think a lot of women think that if I do a really good job, I'll just do my job, but I'll be excellent in it, then I'll get noticed and someone will say, okay, she's doing a really great job, let's you know, promote her. And this is also something that women and men can do together because um, I see a lot of the times, you know, men come up with more initiatives in that, on that side. You know, they don't just take their role, they'll, they'll expand it. I'll take it from a different angle, and this is not funny, but it's funny, okay? When I used to recruit, then um, let's say there were like eight requirements, and I would speak to a woman, and she said, listen, I can't, uh, you can't send my resume because I only meet six of the requirements. And then I speak to a dude and he only meets like two and a half of the requirements. So and he's like, true. yeah, so send true. it anyway. You know, and this, yeah, this what, a with my wife. Conception. what a difference in conception, you know? It's very true. I, I told my, so uh, I hope she's not watching. Uh, my wife, no, my, my wife is an amazing photographer, artist, like amazing. Now, I'm not an artistic person. I'm very creative, but I'm not artistic. Um, I didn't understand how good she was until I started looking at it compared to other people on Instagram and other people told me, and she just has this incredible eye. And she thinks that like, oh, I don't have the right 
uh, criteria to like, you know, to do certain photo shoots. I did, I don't have like the best lenses. And I'm like, and her iPhone captures better photos than most professionals when it, especially when it comes to capturing people. And uh, just, she has this creative eye and I'm like, you don't even need it. You can go there and charge a lot more than other people with your iPhone with them with their with her lenses or she's like, I need to take this course to understand. It's like, you really don't like people. It's the proof is in the pudding. And there, there was, and, uh, and it's true. And I mean, obviously it's anecdotal, but I know you're speaking in more generalities, but it, but it's definitely true. Um, Carla says we got great tips. This is an incredibly important conversation. Yeah. It's not an easy conversation to have because, um, obviously we're like, we're admitting that like, us as a society and individuals and as families, like I just acknowledge like we're doing things wrong right? and we have like a responsibility. We all need to like step it up in a sense. And, uh, and that's why um, is uh, uh, that's why I, as you and I talked about it, I call this subject some taboo, at least among men. And you said it's more and tough, but um, you, you said it's not it's taboo, not it's taboo. tough. And I was like, yeah, go ahead. Because it's not, no, 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 that's not spoken about. I think we do speak right. about it. I think there's need to be a change and, you know, like all changes, it starts with awareness. I'll give you another example, and this is not mine. It's uh, Cheryl Sandberg, but not 2013. She was here uh, last year and she had like a fireside chat. And she said, just notice, you know, yourselves as women, when you sit around and it's a, it's a conference room and it's a bunch of men and maybe one woman or two, because that's usually the ratio as you go up on the pyramid in the uh, boardroom. And someone needs to take notes. And it would usually be the woman that says, okay, yeah, I'll me, I'll take the notes. Or some of the board, one of the board members has a, a birthday tomorrow. So yeah, I'll bring the cupcake. You're not actually making them, you're just bringing them from the bakery or whatever. But we also assume a lot of these like roles and responsibility that also keep us in that same place. And when you say how men can help us, another dude in the room can say, you know what, no, I'll do that. And you know why? Because if you do understand, and this is something that we need to agree with, um, whenever I see a woman and a man, ma managers, okay, high-ranking managers who have, you know, done things in the career, and this is sad, but it's true, I know that she worked a lot harder to get there. Do, do you acknowledge that fact? So this is the awareness where the awareness comes to, to, to mind when, when you're you know, starting a new company and you see women managers and, and men managers, just be aware of the fact that she worked a lot harder than you to get there. And if she wanted to have kids, then, oh, she worked like twice as hard. And, and if you're aware of that, you can also say, you know what? No, I'll, I'll bring the cupcakes. You know, she, she has three kids. I have three kids. Right. We're the same. Why, why should she, because she's a woman, then, then cupcakes are more like natural to her and right. she takes better notes. But I these mean, are I kind of things that we're men, doing do you, for ourselves. Opinion, yeah, what? Do you think men think that or it's just the, the challenges that women over eagerly, eagerly volunteer for things that's not directly correlated with their job responsibilities? I think, A, it serves them. It serves them, you know, it's a comfortable situation. If I was on the other side, then, you know, maybe I would uh, also like to think the status quo to to continue because it does benefit them. I think it's a, it's like, it's kind of like bias. If you ask someone if he's a racist, no, I'm not a racist, okay? But then you notice yourself, I don't know, in, in the store and there's only one Ethiopian uh, person and you go and you ask him, where is the thing? Okay, and I'm not a racist, me? But we still do it. This is not something that is conscience to us. And I think, I, like I said, men are our allies, okay? You adore your wife. You just said how amazing she is. You, women, men have daughters and sisters and, and uh, mothers. I don't think that they're doing it from, from like a chauvinistic, misogynist, uh, hating women kind of point. I think mm -hmm. it's a blind spot, you know? Mm -hmm. 
But this the, the, is, this, go, go ahead. This I interrupt is, you. I, no, I just want to say that these kind of debates, you know, if one person, one dude takes and says, wow, really, okay, I wasn't aware of that. And you kind of, it's stuck into awareness. This is the way you get things to start going. And I think awareness is the first stage. And if you are aware to the fact that if you're sitting in a, in a boardroom now and there's one or two women there, and most of the people are men because we're only 9% of boards, uh, boardrooms, please be aware of the fact that she had to work really, really hard to get there and see how you can help. That's, mm -hmm. that's the main issue. So how can, just I want to recommend, the, oh, I forget the name of the book, but Thomas Sowell, The Economist, and he's, he, uh, he's a very well-known economist in the States. Um, I'll, I'll find the book and I'll leave in the comments. Um, the, uh, so how, okay, I can so give another, I can give another uh, example for how men and women can like elevate themselves in the workplace. You know, every yeah, yeah, month. Sure. I, I want to spend more time on employers also because I, okay. I employers and coworkers, because often I think many men might be thinking okay, like, okay, how much can I help my wife if she's at a different workplace or maybe she works at from home, at home okay. or whatever it is. And so they may not have that opportunity. But that being said, they have other male and female coworkers. So in order for us to actually maybe move the needle um, a bit, I think we, I also want to make sure that we have time to address, because I know we're going to finish up in like 10 minutes. If anyone has any comments or questions, now would be a good time to leave them. Um, I want to make sure we definitely leave time more for employers and also coworkers. Yeah, what was the other example you're giving? You know, every March, March 8th is the uh, International Women Day. And up until very recent, uh, this was a day that the employer, the companies devoted to, I don't know, pamper women and send them to a spa. And I think that's a real miss. And I think International Women Day is a great opportunity to actually have conversations like this and bring the men into it. Like I said, this is not the battle of the sexes. The men are with us. And I also think it damages, you know, men who do want to spend more time with their kids and want to be more domestic or Correct. stuff like that. So uh, I think that there has been a shift in the last like two years. Um, so that also in AppSire, uh, Women uh, International Day was not celebrated with only women. We, of course, invited the whole company. You know, we also gave like a gift. So it wasn't like a woman gift. It was a, a, a book, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls excellent uh, book, please read it to your to your kids. And we gave it to the men and the women. And I think that is part of the things, first of all, acknowledging the fact that you guys can help us, you know, we're not in, in a battle together. Uh, but the but the fact is that, uh, you know, there are more uh, men managers than they are uh, female managers. And that's why the awareness needs to get to that level. That's what I was kind of saying from an employer. Uh, perspective. Um, be aware of it. Um, I don't see it as like a diversity and inclusion at this particular um, case, but if you look at it from an employer uh, sense of view, then it does have to do with with diverse. And, and yeah, I think a company that has no diversion in, in their uh, managerial, you know, men versus women, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a bummer, you know. Um, uh, it's a shame. I had a CEO when asked me, once asked me, he said, Shiri, really, do you think I should just uh, bring in a woman to the boardroom just because she's a woman? And I said, yes. And he said, how? How do you see that? And I said, listen, we're bringing a different kind of thinking. And when you're in the boardroom and you're discussing something, you know, of, of really high magnitude, something really important, you want to get as many aspects of it. You'd get your legal there, you get your finance there, you get your operations to get all perspective. If you don't have a woman in a room, you don't have a woman's perspective. And yeah, we are different. Correct. We think differently. So just for that mere fact, you want to have more women in the room because you want to hear more sides to diversity the story. Of, diversity of ideas 
is so underrated. I know there's like a big push, which is which is good for diversity in general and race and skin and color and all that's great and important. But more for business, what you need more than anything is diversity of ideas, uh, which is why you want the legal expert and all that and why is also you want women and men um, in the same room because when people come from a different perspective or a different angle, you're actually you're able to improve. So what do you think we can do as coworkers to help each other? Um, if let's say you have a, a coworker, I mean, you don't know, you don't think maybe like, how, how do you think coworkers can help each other? I think, first of all, be aware of the fact and don't make us feel guilty, okay? You know that you have a woman on staff that has kids and maybe she's also a single woman and she needs to go home. Don't call her out for it. Don't be nasty about it. Don't be, okay, if she does her work, she does the work. Let's measure people about what they do and the value they bring and not how many hours they spend in the office. That's very right. outdated. Um, that's once. Second thing is, again, be, be aware of that fact. If you know that negotiation is harder for women, yeah, if you can try to make it easier for them, help them, train right. them, give them tips. Uh, you, you know, we, we need to start using that muscle. Um, again, I know this is not really maybe so like solid, but but I think every great revolution comes from from, you know, from top to bottom and it starts with awareness. And I think that when we are aware of the fact that there are differences, there are differences in the way that we are treated. There is a difference between, you know, us being in the in the room where decisions are being taken and, and not being in the room. And when you're aware of it, you can be more conscious of it. Got it. So it's, it's kind of as hard for coworkers, right? Other than like, I think the proact obviously refrain from saying things that are wrong, refrain for not calling someone out because let's say um, it might be uh, balancing work and home or things are going to go with, or if you're a single parent, refrain from those things. Um, uh, anything you think with the exception of, in addition to that, anything else you think we can do to help kind of push forward, push up in the career as coworkers, and then we'll touch on employers and management and uh, and we'll finish off that way. I think it's amazing that we've done 55 minutes without talking about sexual harassment in the office when it comes to men and women elevating each other. But here's another tip. Why don't you not sexually harass other co-workers? That will also be nice. Uh, do you want to define? <laughs> I think people, I think, I think, I think, I think the way you said is that every, if you ask a racist, they're a racist. You ask, you know what I mean? That, that, that they'll say that they're not and, and the same thing. So maybe. Elaborate a little. You want to give something that's borderline that, that some people might think is appropriate that some women might find not appropriate just so they say oh okay i didn't think of it that way i'm going to stop maybe just you know what i mean like i think maybe no, you give an example I'm, of i'm things, not you know? even okay. open there's no example and there's not any openness with with me for this conversation no sexual harassment no period. no i understand I no, am, no 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 i, I, no, but I, I just want to say something and, it, and it's really it's I, so I, irritating i am i am 42 okay i don't know anyone not one single woman my age not one i literally if, if you're one of my friends and you haven't been sexual arrested harassed at one point in your life in the workplace please give me a call that would be amazing no, like, know, you know, know, let, know let's right, put you on a poster there's no the woman alive that I know, age i know i've i've i know several women also my wife included where it's 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 i think i think a lot of people they don't under uh, in my opinion um I, and i i know people who have is that they don't think they are doing something that is inappropriate. 
which is even worse, by the way. But yeah, but no, I understand I, that. That's my point, which is why, which is why you need to, which is why, like, okay, so you said earlier, like, if you're gonna follow someone, and say, oh, I'm not a racist, but then they go and they do something that they think is not racist or they don't perceive it, they have like ridiculous blind spots. So what I'm saying is, do you think there are any blind spots that, like, uh, that some people don't see? I think that a lot of, you know, men say, oh, now that with all that um, Me Too movement, you can't even say anything to a woman that she looks pretty or something like that. And I think that's really reducing it. You know, you can't say to someone, oh, you look lovely this morning. And that's great. Saying to someone, oh, this really brings out the contour of your body. You wouldn't say that right. to your dude yeah, yeah, friend, no, no, but, right? Yeah, but I don't and think, it's not a compliment. Right, it means you just looked at my body and like, I don't know right. what went through your head, but it doesn't make me feel comfortable. And usually I would like smile and nod. You heard a comment like, like Oh, like that, when, uh, is, when do you I, not hear I, comments that's like that? Usually I, I, I mean, we have a small office. I know that doesn't go around, but so. No, I'm not even talking about, uh, no, I'm just about saying, this I'll, office, but listen, I've been in the Israeli uh, army, you know, the, the, We've been grabbed. We've been that. That's like right. We're right, not there yeah. anymore. The, the, the army is, is yeah, probably different. It's a different <laughs> yeah. story. It's probably it's harder to fire. They don't have the HR, you know. Yeah, it was good training towards the life. But really, these are like the the off cases. It's just the mere fact that you know, if you want to compliment someone, then do it in a way that will make them feel good and not feel like you're a sexual object or you're looking right. at my, me right now or my breast that's no. not. That, that I don't That's, think, again, I don't want to speak to all womankind. Maybe there are women who enjoy that kind of attention. I do enjoy the kind of attention too. I like people to say, oh, you have great hair today or whatever, but not in the way that will make me feel uncomfortable. If, if you wanted right. to give me a compliment, don't make me feel uncomfortable. And that's also a place if we feel more comfortable, if, we, if you're not walking around thinking, you know, what are people going to say or how they're going to react, we'll also have, I think, more success in you know right. advancing the things that are important to us. So, so I want to say why I want to say why I, I why I asked, and this came from a personal conversation I had with another guy like a while ago, over a year ago, maybe. Um, is that um, he, he said that like um, so a woman in his office was wearing like a really 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 cool shirt, and he wanted to tell her, and it was like after me too, and he was worried that he couldn't even like communicate, say like your shirt's really cool, it's got a cool, he's worried that like it might be misinterpreted because he wasn't like close friends with her. So he might not know, right? So that's kind of like an, an example that it's, you know what I mean? So it's, so it's like you, you so that that's what I'm worried about is that I'm worried that men might pull back a little bit uh, out of fear of being easily labeled sexual harassment and give over a compliment. Okay, but I'm that's sure that, saying, so. that your friend, uh, you know, told her, wow, that's a really cool t-shirt. It would have been just fine. And and you know what? Probably, yeah. But when, he, when was doubt, he was worried. So. When Don't there's a it. doubt, exactly. If you're not you know, sure. That's what my mom always says. My mom says, when in doubt, throw it out. She says that refers. She says that goes to speaking or when you're or decluttering your house or anything in life. When there's a doubt, don't do it. <laughs> you know. I, mean, I think if there was like one point that I would like people to take from from this message, and and I'm, I am directing it to men, is really just kind of understanding that it is harder for women in the workplace, and the the higher we get in the hierarchy means we've worked harder to get there. And please appreciate it, and you know help us. We're fewer than you in the meeting room. A lot of the times, this has happened to me numerous numerous times in my in old companies that I used to work where I, I was the CEO of them. 
of the lead generation company and there were 11 CEOs in, uh, in the media group. It was Internet Zahab at the time and there was 11 in me. And I felt like in each time in the room, I would come up with ideas. I would, they would get passed on and then someone would say the same thing and it would be a great idea. Uh, now, I don't think that these were evil, um, women hating kind of men. It was like this boys club and I went in and, and I didn't fit in, but they could have done a lot more to like include me and and not just take ideas. Uh, and don't ever take credit for something that's not yours. I, I see, again, this is not necessarily a man or a woman thing, but again, if you're in a managerial position and this is something that your uh, employee, women, uh, female employee did, give her the credit for it because a lot of the times she won't come to demand it. So this is, that will be help. Right. So the, the, let's this get person, into because she's a woman or just shy about it, it's hard for her to come and say, oh, look, I did this great thing. Do it for her. Here's an amazing thing that this or that employee, woman employee did. That can help us, that can elevate us. Um, it's one of these, you went away for a second, but now you're here. Can you hear us? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I hear you. I, I heard okay. you the whole time. I think I just froze. And actually, yeah, you froze, but I heard you the whole time. So we're cool. Uh, okay. uh, let's talk a little bit more about an employer. Uh, if Rod loves, your, loves your, your, your comment, she calls you a champion. Uh, would you not sexually harass women in the workplace? I mean, I said, of, of course, obviously, that's not what I meant. But yes, it's, uh, it was, it's an epic comment. Um, so as employers, don't take credit. I think that's a good one, right? If it's not yours, I think this is, and of course, I've, I mean, I think all of this advice goes for men and women alike. In my yes, generally speaking, yeah, I agree. It, it I is. agree. This is a general right. advice. So, Don't take right, and also therefore, and men in particular. I mean, I mean, you have spouses and, and you you have children and all that. So obviously, and you have coworkers and you have friends and and everyone and you have neighbors. So obviously, these are things that you can do if you don't have challenges with these. You can help other people, um, and exactly. uh, this goes for women helping other women and even men helping other men. Um, so, what else do you think employers can do? Do you think um, can can uh, can help men. Yeah, men, women. Yeah, go ahead. Men or women, or men help I mean, women. Men, women, but in general, okay. by men, women. Again, if this was a perfect world, I would say let's go for 50-50. Women are 51% of the of the uh, population. Why don't we see some model of that in the working place? You know, as a company, say, okay, I don't want to be a company that only has 20% women and 80% men. I want to be more of an equal company. Uh, and this goes especially for boardrooms, because again, this is where the um, actual decisions are being taken, the strategy, and then everything around it is just um, taking actions with the strategy that was um, decided up on, on that room. So I think as a company, if, if you don't have women on your board, I don't know, that's not a, that's not good. I think that is definitely something that a, a company should aspire to, to do. And it's not like I have this uh, magic solution mm -hmm. on how to make women feel very comfortable. Again, I think it becomes with awareness. Be aware of the fact that although you consider yourself a very evolved kind of dude because, you know, you have a daughter and your wife is great. But then when you're actually presented with a situation, don't be a douche about it. Remember? Your wife, your, your right. mom, your it's kid. Also, it's all, right. It's, it's easy to forget, which is why I like giving exact examples, which is great. Um, Shiri, thank you so much for joining us. I think we get some really thank great you for examples. Having me. Uh, it was my pleasure. It's a great conversation. I think we, we shared what you can do as an individual, what you can do as a spouse, what you can do as a coworker, what you can do as a manager, an employer, and a hiring. Um, and uh, it, I think we provided some really great values. We were really able to. Uh, to change some perspectives and God willing, it leads to change in, in action. So uh, thank you so much for joining us, Sherry. And thank you everyone for joining our, thank you for the our LinkedIn Live.